Hi. So today we're going to go to Colossians, uh, the first chapter, and I'm going to be reading originally from um, verse 15 and uh, for the next few minutes. So here we go. He is, the, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, just so that you know. It might be a little different than what you're uh, reading at, at this point. But Colossians chapter 1, starting with verse 15. He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For in him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on earth, all that is seen, all that is unseen. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality and authority, it all exists through him and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. He is the head of his body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and on earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. And, and literally, it means being, being, brought, being brought back to himself. Wow. And actually, these, uh, these, this thing that was just uh, quoted is a, um, is a lyric of an ancient hymn sung in the churches. Isn't that amazing? They, they made that into a hymn. It's so good. Verse 22, even though uh, you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he re reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now, there is nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. If indeed you continue to advance in faith, assured of a firm foundation to grow upon, never to be shaken from the hope of the gospel you have believed in. And this is the glorious news I preached to you, I preached to you all over the world. I even celebrate the sorrows I have experienced on your behalf. For as I join with you in your difficulties, it helps you to discover what lacks in your understanding of the sufferings of Christ Jesus experienced for his body of the church. This is the very reason I've been made a minister by the authority of God and a servant to his body so that in his detailed plan, I would fully equip you with the word of God. It's amazing. <clears throat> I just love the book of Colossians. Um, you know some of the some of the uh, things about this, and like if you go to um, verse eighteen, uh, in verse eighteen he says, uh, "And since he's the beginning of the firstborn heir in resurrection, in resurrection from the dead." To me, that's a misnomer. That's or not a misnomer, but a um, redundancy because you can only be resurrected if you were dead, right? Anyway, um, he brought you back to himself. And he's talking about, in verse 19 there, uh, he's talking about, for God is satisfied to have all his fullness there. Isn't that amazing? He says, this includes all the fullness of God, 
the fullness of his plan in our lives and the full image of God being restored into our hearts. Now, we've had this image over the years that God is mean. He's a, he's a mean God. And what he's trying to do is, uh, I mean, he's just standing in heaven looking for a time when we can, uh, when, when he can realize that uh, we're going to be destroyed and judge us. That's not the way it is at all. And that, um, and that what it is is that God wants to restore us, I love it, to our original intent, restored to innocence again. And I know in Matthew chapter 10, it's right about verse 9, he says that uh, in this way, so like you, he will, he will give you, if you ask anything in his name, he will do it. In this way, he will show you, he will show what the Father is really like. Um, if you go to the Gospel of John, actually, I'm going to go there. Uh, John chapter 1, um, I just want to read some of the phrases here. Uh, that, that, you know, he always existed. That's the best. That was one of the things that he's, Paul said in Colossians. And if you look here in John chapter 1, verse 1, he says, In the very beginning, the living expression was already there, and the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together face to face in the very beginning. So this is really funny. But I want to tell you that uh, I, I get people asking me sometimes, they don't do it much anymore, but they used to ask me, where did God come from? And I said, he didn't come from anywhere because there was nowhere to come from. You know, um, <clears throat> when did he get here? Well, he didn't come here on a when because there was no when to come from. He always was. He always existed and he will always be. That's it. End of story. Now, if you go to verse 12, I love this. It says, but those who embraced him and took hold of his name were given the authority to become the children of God. That was just so cool. We're not born from the joining of human parents but, or by natural means, but we're born of God. In John chapter 3, verse 3, <clears throat> I love it. I'm reading out of the Passion, so it may sound different to you. But in verse 3, he says, Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can perceive God's kingdom, God's kingdom realm, they must first experience a rebirth. Just so amazing that, that, uh, that, that God is putting these things. We have to be reborn. Wow. Wow. And he, he says in, in chapter 3 of Romans, verse 23, we all have sinned, are in need of the glory of God. In chapter 6, verse 23, he says, the way, in one version it says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, he, let me read this out of the Passion Translation. He said, for sin's meager wages is death, but God, God's lavish gift is life eternal found in your union with our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. So let's go back to Colossians here. Colossians chapter 1. We're just going to kind of skim over, not skim, but we're just going to kind of look at a couple of things, okay? Um, one of them is that every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority all exists through him and for his purpose. See, every realm, we, you know, we, we talk about politics today, Politics today is nothing compared to when Nero was here. Um, things aren't as bad as when the Roman Empire was here and uh, and was going. I mean, they were wicked, man. 
And he said that they're all there. I'm not worried about, um, I mean, I do vote properly every, every four years, every two years, every year, whatever, you know, there, I do vote. It's a privilege that we get as a republic. And, um, and so I recognize that it all exists to, through him and also for him. And then, uh, like we just read in, in John chapter one, he existed before anything was made. And now everything finds its completion in him. Everything finds its completion. Pure government finds its completion in Jesus. So amazing. Um, so I'm going to look at a couple more phrases and then I'll let you go in the last few minutes that we have. He says, back to it. He says, and by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself. And how is it brought back? It's brought back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. It's re it's like as if that stuff never happened. Can a woman who is sexually promiscuous, can she be restored to virginity again? I believe so. It happened to my ex-wife. And you can have that restored back into innocence again. Yeah, we have a lot of work that we need to do. We have a lot of things that we need to do. But you can be restored back to innocence again. You can be restored back to your original intent. Before the foundations of the world, you were, you were there with Jesus. And, um, and, and you get to uh, be brought back with the blood of Jesus. You get to be brought back to your original intent, what you were created for, what your destiny is. Your destiny is not abuse. Your destiny is not thievery. Your destiny is not murder. Your destiny is not, um, is not, um, lying or cheating or anything like that. That's not who you are. That's not your original intent. But you come to Jesus through the sacrifice of the cross and by the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin, makes us brought back to our original intent and restored to innocence again. That's verse 19. And now lastly, I'm going to look at verse 21, 22. He says, even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. What a tremendous sacrifice. I love this. He released his supernatural peace to you. I love it. Released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf. Well, why did he do that? so that we would dwell in his presence. Wow. And having nothing stand between me and Father God anymore. Just amazing that God <clears throat> brings us the supernatural peace. The word peace means to be made whole again, to be made at one again. Okay, we get that, that phrase atonement means at one meant. We get to be one again with him. It's so amazing. So cool. I just love it. Um, yeah. That word, that, that word atonement, that word peace again is the opposite of perish. So, so hear this. The word perish means to crumble from within. We crumble from within. Wow. And God is saying, you don't have to worry about that no more. You know, you're crumbling, but God is making you whole again. He's bringing your completion 
like everything finds its completion in him. You cannot be complete without Jesus. I don't care what people say. You cannot be complete without Jesus. And he paid that sin payment. The Bible says, Isaiah 53, he says the punishment for our being made whole again, the punishment for our peace was laid upon him. He was chastised for our peace. Incredible. So that we can dwell in his presence. And what's his presence? Gosh, you know what his presence is. Man, you know what it feels like. You know what his presence feels like. You know uh, where where his his presence dwells. And then I love this other thing that he says here. He restores you for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. He sees you that way. If you'll go with me, please, to the Song of Songs. Uh, we'll just go to uh, actually Song of Solomon. And, uh, and I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation again. Wow. In chapter 1, verse 8, he says, Listen, my radiant one. Listen, my radiant one. If you ever lose sight of me, just follow in my footsteps where I lead my lovers. Come with your burdens and cares. Come to the place near the sanctuary of my shepherds. I love it. My dearest one, let me tell you how I see you. Remember, he sees you holy. He sees you flawless. And he sees you fully restored. That's so cool. And he says, let me tell you how I see you. You are so thrilling to me. To gaze upon you is like looking at one of Pharaoh's finest horses, a strong regal steed pulling his royal chariot. Your tender cheeks are aglow. Your earrings uh, and gem-laden necklaces set them ablaze. We will enhance your beauty and circling you with our golden reins of love. You will be marked by our redeeming grace. There's a, there's a, 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 um, a statement or a reference to the Trinity. Okay. <clears throat> wow. That's just so good. And then he says, you are so lovely in verse 15. You are beauty itself. Wow. That's just amazing. And then she says this. She says this earlier in verse five of chapter one. Uh, I know I'm so unworthy, so in need. And then the king says, you are so lovely. She says, I feel as dark and dry as the desert tents of wandering nomads. The king says, yet you are so lovely, like the fine linen tapestry hanging in the holy place. And then she says, please don't stare in scorn because of my dark, sinful ways. Okay. And then he says to her, let me tell you how I see you. You are so thrilling to me. You are beauty itself to me. Yes, you are, because he sees you holy, flawless, wow, <laughs> and restored. That is so good. That is so good. You are back to your, if you love Jesus today, you are back to your original intent, fully restored. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the love that you bestow upon my friends. I thank you for what you're doing in each of the hearts. Minister life right now to each of them in Jesus' name, that we may see ourselves through your eyes, not through our eyes, but through your eyes. So thank you for your deep love. Thank you for your care. And thank you for taking us. Whoa, Jesus, thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. 
Well, God bless you guys. You have a great day and we'll see you next time.